All right, everybody. Welcome back for another amazing episode of the I Do Ya Podcast. Boom. You already know how we do it. And this week, I am pleased to bring you another friend of Prescript, friend of the podcast, friend of everyone here at XSF, and just he should be your friend too. Go add the man, Kyle Baxter. Hey, we got to give this dude a round of applause because honestly, (laughs) he is a wealth of knowledge. And that round of applause was very much so deserved. Now this dude, he's gone through a kinesiology degree. He's going through more school. He helps coaches like myself be better at our craft, understand our own bodies even deeper, and goes about even helping us all in the prescript labs, you know, breaking all these questions down for us, diving into them and explaining them and being able to really make the stuff we're talking about very applicable to what we do. Now, in today's episode, we really talked about pain further. Me and Lou have had our pain episodes, pain and the knee pain. And what we talked about today was even how you can have short-term fixes for pain and then also long-term fixes for pain. Now, make sure you listen in because there's amazing, amazing, amazing tips dropped throughout the entire episode. And Baxter used to be a skater himself, so he really does understand how us skaters operate and what we need to do to just perform as best as we want to and to make sure when we do feel these pains that we're kind of checking them and making sure that we can continue to skate. So make sure if you're really interested in understanding or wanting to understand how to control pain, how to get through pain, and how to work out of the pain that you may have, make sure you tune in with Ux and the homie Kyle Baxter. Now, before we hop into the episode, you know we got to give a shout out to our sponsors. Thank you, Third Layer Skate Park and Skate Shop. We love you guys. Keep killing it on the daily. And hey, you know, this month is the anniversary of our beloved Henry Gartland. So I'm just going to give a moment of silence for that really quick, everybody. Let's do it. All right, man. We love you, dog. Next on the list, Monte Coso Skateboards. Still riding that brand new board and it's still going hard. Make sure you check them out. And if you do, let them know the XSF sent you. Getting that 10% discount. Let's go. Hooking it up as always. And last but not least on the list, I always say, I got you in my cup. First thing as I go in the morning, right after my morning cardio, we got Batch Roasting Co. Shout out to these amazing humans. Make sure if you want some amazing tasting coffee that also has amazing benefits for your body, go check these humans out. And if you do, make sure you go to the website. And when you check out, enter the code BOMBSBODIES. Pretty sure that's correct. And if not, I'll make sure everything's down in the show notes. But without further ado, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode with the homie Kyle Baxter. No, so you know what? I'm giving it to you. We're doing it. It's my man, my my personal coach, the man Kyle Baxter. Say what up to everybody. Give give everybody a little elevator pitch of who you are and what you do, my man. Yeah, um, my name's Kyle Baxter. I am... I don't really know what to call myself. I'm just in the in between things, but uh, I would guess I'm a in between a physio and a trainer and an online coach and an educator for trainers and a bunch of other stuff. Um, in terms of my my pedigree, currently in my master's in physio, but uh, I do kind of a little bit of everything, a little bit different in terms of my what I actually do on a day-to-day basis so when you mean what do you mean exactly by that on a day-to-day basis how does that change so much for you um so i offer what on my website would be called movement coaching but it is almost a blend between it's a blend between everything i didn't like about working on a computer screen um so okay what I didn't like about just being an online coach and programming for someone was just giving someone sets and reps doesn't really help them that much. 
and then you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of these group mentorships lately or like courses courses are good group mentorships like they're just very very non-specific in terms of helping the individual yeah. so i kind of try mm-hmm. to blend the two of those right so okay. with my movement yeah. coaching that we get a little bit of the programming right we get a little bit of the why and then mm-hmm. you get to identify what would be the flaws in or areas of improvement in the individual's training or product that they provide and then we fill those gaps instead of just going through a random eight weeks of talking about things that the person might already know about or that don't apply to their population so it allows me to get Mm -hmm. very specific with with each client that i have and each person that i work with in terms of where can i best help them fill the gaps so I'll give some examples. Like some, yep. some of my clients, I literally just program for them. And I, we send voice notes mm-hmm. back and forth. Some clients I don't program at all. And we just have an hour education session. And then I don't hear from them. Mm-hmm. Some clients literally send me 7 to 50 voice notes a day with videos. Um, and we just basically talk over WhatsApp 24-7. Um, sometimes I talk about like, business development sometimes we talk about content creation sometimes we talk about actual physio things movement it like every Mm -hmm. client is different and i think that's why i can actually provide a service that i enjoy and why i held off offering myself out for so long to actually work with people while i'm going through school Mm -hmm. because i didn't like anything that was that was out there so i kind of made a blend of a blend of everything to fit the specific need of whoever I'm working with. No, I like that because you just kind of took the stuff that you liked from a bunch of different things and then hodgepodge it into your own way of, you know, making it applicable to the people you work with and just letting them also, like self-regulation, you know, it kind of gives like them the chance to like also choose like, okay, and realize like I know for me working with you, it's helped me like, like, okay, what do I need to learn? Like what, what actually, what actually matters most and helps me break down for myself. Like, okay, maybe I'm lacking here and then just dive into that a little bit, keep going farther with it. And then it just gets your brain rolling and you just kind of start leading the way on the stuff you want to learn. And then like you said, fill in the gaps, but no, it's, that's a genius idea. Like you're killing it from my perspective. So definitely love seeing everything you're doing, man. I think half the battle with, with any kind of like self self development or like wanting to be better as a coach, it's not even like filling the gaps. Mm-hmm. It's like identifying the gaps. Um, even like with myself, I, like I only know what I only mm-hmm. know what I know. I only live my own life. Right? But when I get mm-hmm. someone else's perspective on it, it's a lot easier to say like, "Oh wow, like maybe I do have a, a gap there. Maybe I I can fix something." I get another opinion, and mm-hmm. that's kind of almost what's as valuable as me helping fill the gaps is me identifying like, Hey, did, did you know that you did this this way? And then they're like, Oh, well, yeah, I never thought of it like that. Now okay. it's like, now we can yeah. turn together. So. No, I like that. I think like one thing I definitely really want to talk about more so today and cause just me and Lou have been on the topic of pain. And I know something that we literally just did this morning was, Help me figure out some gnarly shoulder pain that I've been dealing with for quite some time. And however you want to kind of swing it, but really I just want you to talk real quick on how you first go about like identifying pain, like how you kind of look at it and then where you go when you decide like, okay, if it's not serious to the point where, you know, it's like structural, like damage, damage. Uh, what do you, what do you decide to do from there? Like, how do you go about getting somebody out of pain? Yeah, so I think the first, for instance, first, my shoulder, we could use for example too. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. The first two things we have to understand about pain is number one, pain is not damage; it does not always equal damage. And number two, the biggest mm-hmm. thing is you don't experience pain in your body; you experience pain in your brain. Pain is just a perception of 
the combination of all of the stimulus that you were in at that particular moment mm-hmm. in time. Right? So visual stimuli, um, proprioceptive stimuli, actual noxious stimuli, which we'll call pain receptors. Right? So all of that stuff gets sent up to your brain. Okay. Yep. And then your brain interprets it all, does brain things, and then spits out, are we safe or are we not safe? Or are we potentially unsafe? Mm-hmm. Right? If the brain's okay. like, hey, this might not yep. be cool, then it gives a signal. That signal might be pain or discomfort. Mm-hmm. Right? So it lets you mm-hmm. know, so, hey, like, these things, something's going on. So is that why then, like, for instance, with, like, skateboarding, right? Like, if I'm just, like, chilling, like, not skating like super hard you know i'm just like messing around and i fall and i fall and it's like damn like that that hurt bro like that didn't feel good but then like there's the times where you're like you're skating and you're trying a trick like you're trying to get a trick on film you need you need this last trick for your part or you're like doing a contest and you're skating and you fall and you take that fall is that also why like you might you're not really perceiving it as pain like it doesn't hurt right then and there because your brain's just so preoccupied on getting up and continuing like what you're doing like task at hand and you don't have like the time to then perceive it as pain is that like why that would be yeah so when i'm say i'm trying a big trick or like i only have a certain time i need to get this on film i'm in a competition Mm -hmm. etc right i'm in Mm -hmm. a different state of like nervous system arousal right it's almost like like fight or flight if you will so that higher mm-hmm. state of arousal kind of pushes my pain tolerance or pain threshold a little bit higher because my body thinks like that is less important. Like I need to do whatever is going on now. Right. So when you're in the moment, mm-hmm. you might have a fall that is very painful in some circumstances, but because you're in a different state of arousal, you don't experience that pain at that time. But then like you get home, mm-hmm. you lie down, you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, my knee's frigged now, right? Because you're <laughs> yeah, down yeah, right, okay. the nervous that, system. And now it's like, oh, yep. I'm, I'm lying in bed. Now everything is like a lot more brought to the surface. Yeah, okay. That makes, I mean, that makes complete sense. Now from there, when, you know, you, let's say you are feeling these pains. So not necessarily from like an acute injury, like you fell, but like, what about the pains you feel from like just daily movement and stuff? Like when you're feeling like those aches and pains, like what is that like perception of things? Like, why is that happening usually? Yeah. So it's all, it's all kind of the same, just a a combination Mm -hmm. of your brain interpreting stimuli. Right, so if I sit in one position for too long, my brain, my muscles don't need to send as much signals to my brain in terms of proprioception, like where I am in space. Right, so okay, so for me, I'm not uh, not moving. So keep going. Okay, no, I was just gonna say, like with my shoulder, um, you know, just kind of putting this into perspective. Uh, when I'm driving, right? Like I always told you when I'm driving the truck for miles and miles and miles, like that's when I get the most pain when I'm sitting in like that position. Um, now when it comes to that, is that because my muscle where like necessarily in my shoulder, like it just is not comfortable in that position. Like, is that kind of why I'm then perceiving it as pain? Yeah. So your brain perceives that position as unsafe. Right, so if we yes. say we need to be externally rotated to hold the wheel, if I don't have access to that mm-hmm. external rotation, in terms of my brain thinking it's a safe position, right? There's no like not access. It's just really your brain regulates everything. The nervous system regulates everything. Yep. My nervous system deems that mm-hmm. unsafe. The longer I spend in that position, and you're not, then you know, move. Your brain's like, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Stop. Then the pain gets higher yep. and higher. To hopefully get you to move out of the position your brain thinks is unsafe. Makes sense. Okay. So from from there then, if you are feeling those pains in those positions, but you have to 
be in those positions. Like for me, right? Like I can't just not drive the truck. Like I have to drive the truck. Uh, what do I, what do I, what do I need to do then? Like, how do I start to figure out like, okay, how do I sit in this position, but also like feel better sitting here? Like what, what would I have to then? I mean, you can go a million different ways. There's a bunch of different ways to skin a cat. You know, we're specifically talking about the shoulder, but just kind of stepwise, like how would you start to break that down and figure this out mm-hmm. for a client? So we start with kind of like, you can look at the short-term fix or the long-term mm-hmm. fix, right? Sometimes, obviously the long-term fix is better, but the short-term fix can sometimes give us the relief we need so that we can get to the long-term fix eventually, right? So the short-term okay. fix would be to give your brain more stimuli to help it understand it's not in a dangerous position. So examples mm-hmm. of that, say you have shoulder pain or elbow pain, and you put on a compression mm-hmm. sleeve, right? That compression sleeve squeezes your body, right? We have pressure receptors in our skin. Now your body understands mm-hmm. where it is in space a little bit better. And your brain thinks, oh, wow, my shoulder's not in pain, right? Or you foam roll, or you yeah, stretch, okay. or you get a massage done, or all of these things are just external stimuli that help your body understand mm-hmm. where it is in space. But then when these go away, your body goes back to being like, oh, maybe this is dangerous because the stimulus is not gone. So that would be like the short-term fix, and that's what the a lot of people gra- gravitate to in terms of it works really fast. Mm-hmm. But people don't understand that it's just short-term because when that stimulus is gone, your body still doesn't understand what's going on. So a long-term fix would be we use maybe a short-term method to get you into a better position and then once we're in that position that we couldn't access before, we spend time in that position so your body can almost recalibrate, oh, okay, like this is actually a safe position, right? The only time we get we get pain in certain positions because we don't spend any time there, right? So your body doesn't really know. Uh, so it's like, imagine mm-hmm. your body has like a map of the positions that they know are safe, right? So what mm-hmm. we're doing is like, we're unveiling more parts of that map but if we don't ever go to those places those parts of the map kind of go away they get all foggy right so we're just Mm -hmm. kind of broadening our scope of where we know is safe and then hopefully if we continue to use those movements now we our brain understands we're safe we don't experience pain there right but if we sit around don't use any of those movements as we age we get less it has, nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with aging. It has everything to do with our lifestyle, right? We're more sedentary. We yes. don't use those positions. Now our big map that we have access to everything that's pain-free now becomes this. And now I throw my back out walking upstairs, right? Did you actually injure something? Probably not. And I was just going like to say, yeah. To a position. Yeah. Yep. I was just going to say, so like as that dwindles down, then the box of or the circle of, you know, the movements that give you, uh, you know, get you closer to that line of injury gets bigger, right? So it's like as that, your access to those ranges of motion gets smaller, and let's say you have to access then a range of motion now you don't have access to, well, you're probably going to get injured a lot easier going to that range of motion. I think one thing to understand going that through. Is, is to understand the word injury is kind of not used in the right context right it's like do we have an injury in terms of like actual structure being injured or did we experience pain because those are two different things okay i like that right so Mm -hmm. your injury that we worked on today you Mm -hmm. might have a structural thing that's causing you a little bit of discomfort but the amount of Mm -hmm. pain you are experiencing didn't match up to that because we can make a change very quick, right? We did, I don't know, 10 breaths of a okay. breathing drill and your shoulder felt better. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. me fixing an injury. That's just me convincing your body that this position isn't dangerous. So being okay. injured and experiencing pain are very different things. And I think we, yeah, we recognize see. that we can kind of understand the solution to these things a lot better. 
Mm-hmm. I think that was a great, great, great thing to point out because like even just myself, like going to the doctor and knowing these things, right? And like I go to the doctor and they'll be like, oh, like just with this this recent thing, they're like, oh, you have a, a slap tear, like don't don't lift like anything more than 10 pounds, don't do this and that, right? So then like I could see somebody like if you don't have knowledge uh, and you don't understand like the body, like how you're just saying that, like because I knew like I was fine because I was able to do all these other things throughout my training. I mean, you've seen the videos, like, I've been training hard and stuff. And like, for me, I was like, okay, well, it can't be that crazy to where like, I, I shouldn't be doing things like the way they made it feel like. Uh, and then like, also like where you go in your head with that, like being told like you're injured, right? Like, oh no, like I can't move that part of the body. I can't use it. I can't, I can't do this. And like how you're saying is like, Hey, well, let's kind of switch it around a little bit and look at it and be like, well, let's see, did you, are you just experiencing pain or are you actually injured? And then you just kind of deduct from there and just keep moving along. So I love that you brought that up. That was, that was a great point to point out. So with skating then, right. So with somebody who skates and skates and skates, right. Let's say you have a really good session you wake up the next morning and you know, you're like, Oh, Oh, I'm in, I'm in a lot of pain right now. You know, like I might, my hips, my hips are hurting, you know, or whatever. Um, now would that just be from, you know, overuse? And when it comes to that, like how, how do you mitigate that? Like if you don't want to stop skating hard, right? Like that's not the goal. Like you want to keep skating hard. Like, well, what do we do then? Like, how do we not feel so sore and in pain or perceive that we're in pain that next morning? Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, kind of two two ways to go with this that might be happening so like number mm -hmm. one is if you just work really hard right your body needs to recover yeah, exactly your body's moving moving things around your body's releasing more chemicals those chemicals cause discomfort or pain or delayed onset muscle mm -hmm. soreness or anything you want to call it right number two yep. is if we skate in a certain way for our whole life and we don't have access to these positions mm -hmm. that we use in life. Now we might mm -hmm. these positions. We might be by skating, right? Like the position, the part of our map that is for skating is very clear, right? Yes. But the part of our map that is mm -hmm. for walking upstairs two at a time might not be, right? That's just an example. So like, mm, okay. Because we skating is one of the things like it's pretty variable in terms of like what you're doing, right? Like you're moving your body around in different positions mm -hmm. all the time. Um, of course, but it is also you're moving your body around. It's it's quite similar in terms of like you're always riding the same way mostly, unless you ride switch. Both your feet mm -hmm. are always on the board. Switch, yeah. Right. So it's like we are doing mm -hmm. similar things, and then mm -hmm. when we need to do different things. Now we might have some discomfort so a lot of the a lot of the training okay. might be getting into a little bit of different positions than we do when we skate in order to give you mm. some more variability so when you skate you can continue to be in those positions so we kind of we talked about it today how you okay. skate in a certain way and yeah. you have a certain way yep. of how you set up your board and that biases mm -hmm. you into being the skater let's, let's, you are let's Let's go deeper into that. Um, so that's something that was really interesting this morning. We were talking about that. And, you know, for me, uh, I've always noticed, always, ever since, like you were saying, you skate your whole life a certain way. And, like, looking, watching the videos and then, like, really thinking about how I've skated and always being like, dang, why do I land so heavy? Like, I feel like I just land just abruptly. Like, I feel like there's not much like smoothness to my landings like I can make a trick look nice but this is cool too because like you know me and my homie could do the same trick and it can look a million miles different like it's crazy because like then you ask me like hey how how tight are your trucks like they're pretty loose right without even me saying anything we've never even talked about my board setup and I thought it was dope that you like knew that and I was like yeah my trucks are probably as loose as they can get like if I jiggle my board like my trucks move and uh you know you were saying well like like let's look at this now when you're landing my body's not moving well how am i still pulling the trick off it's because my board is doing the moving for me i'm not allowing my body to then move so with my training 
now giving, like you're saying, me more access to those ranges of motion that I'm just not allowing myself to get to when I'm skateboarding because it's like that's not the main focus, right? Like we're not going to cue me when I'm doing a trick like, hey, man, make sure you do this in the middle of the trick. Like, no, that's gonna, I'm going to fall. Like I'm not going to be able to think about that stuff. So is that kind of why then, you know, in my training, like we're going through all this different stuff to then allow me more access to those other ranges of motion? Yeah, right. With skating, that's something, something that's so variable in terms of like the positions that you're going to get in. So like you were someone mm-hmm. who's biased towards, very biased towards one position, but you make up for that yep. by having your loose trucks that do a lot of the work for you. So if you imagine like, mm-hmm. if, if you were to jump and land on the ground, the ground's not moving. Yes. So if you're not in a perfect mm-hmm. position, you're going to be a little bit wobbly. Right, but with your yeah. trucks being so loose, as you land on that board, the board can accommodate for the positions that you don't really aren't as comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Right, so yep. now the board is doing the job of your body adapting to that position, which helps you as a skater because those mm-hmm. work plays into your biases. Right, so but if we exactly. want to and make yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I think it's just, like, important, too, to also state, like, hey, like, does it matter, like, for you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was, like, this is more so, like, for me, thinking of, like, okay, well, if I was another skater and stuff, like, where does, like, where does the line matter in this stuff? Like, how much does does it matter, like, that I have more access to these ranges of motion and stuff? Well, it's, like, well, just how much better do I want to move really? I think is like how much it comes down to like when I skate and stuff. Cause it's not that I can't skate this way. I've been skating this way and I've pulled it off for years, but I think just like really looking at it and being like, okay, like where does it matter for me? Like, do, do I care enough? And also like, do I care enough? Like also like taking away from skateboarding and just looking at how you move throughout life too. Like, cause it is going to translate over. Like if you, you know, bias stuff in skating and you skate quite a bit, like you're probably going to bias that type of motion throughout life. Um, so I think that's just an important thing to like ask yourself, like, okay, like why and when would it matter? But that was just something I was thinking when you were saying all that. Mm-hmm. So like for you, we talked about like filling mm-hmm. in the gaps, right? So we can, yep. we can take skating and your life as kind of two separate things. So if we talk about like skating, you want to be a better skater, right? There's, a million things that make a better skater, right? So, like, maybe yep. you're in a comp- you're going into a competition, and you want your, all your tricks to look a lot smoother. Okay, we need to now mm-hmm. make you not as stiff, so we can stiffen up your trucks. So now we can land, and it physically just looks smoother. But we're doing the same thing, right? Yes. Or it's like, hey, I yep. want to do these tricks that I've been struggling with. It's like, oh, maybe if we had more options in terms of how you can manipulate your body when you land a little bit funny on the setup that you do have now you land the trick because you can reel that in instead of going the other way right those those tricks that are like on the brink of like it was so close uh, you got it now it's like you have access to this little mm-hmm. bit of a different position you're a little bit more stable in that position and now we are improving that yeah. way so it almost comes down to like Mm-hmm. identifying the areas of improvement and what gaps do we want to fill as a skater and a human in terms of movement yeah no that's per and i love that you brought that up because like ever since we started doing this and like i've you know you've helped me a ton like just be able to like think about this and really sit down with myself and think about the way i'm skating like every time i go skate like i'm learning a new trick every single time like, oh, maybe even two tricks, like, cause I get to skate once a week, but I have so much time to think about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm moving better. Like than I, than I have, like, I'm getting better. Like it's not just like in the landing, but just like the way I do tricks and the way, like I feel when I'm doing, especially like transition stuff for some reason, like has been very transferable to me. Like just the way the hips and you're really glued to the board like you're not really doing a lot of flip tricks there like at least i'm not i'm just more so going fast and like grinding stuff and like going with the flow of the ramp but i've noticed like just that motion alone getting a lot better as i'm focusing on these things in my training right like focusing on just getting better motion out of my hips making sure that my feet are doing certain things and just 
noticing that transferability over is really fun. It's a, it's a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes down to, like you spoke what your, your style is like, Hey, we're not really doing like a lot of flip tricks. It's like, I want to go with the flow of the ramps. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, when I go into yep. a ramp and then out, like, I can produce a lot more speed out of there. Now my hips can do different things. Mm-hmm. My center mass can shift around. Like I don't have to push at all during a session. Right. I can just, pop yeah. up, extend, drop down into that, and now I'm going 10 times faster. Now I have the speed I need to pull off the tricks that I mm-hmm. do. I wasn't able to do before. I like that. That's okay. That that makes a lot of sense. So another thing I wanted to, you know, real quick talk about with pain is, you know, for the sessions where you kind of have to like get through it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, uh, let's say you're in a contest, you fell, you got another run coming up and you're like, dang, like kind of tweaked my hip a little bit, but you know, we're athletes, you know, it's kind of one of those things. You're just like, okay, I got to just kind of get through it and do it. Uh, what would you say, uh, would be some, something in that sense that you would have to kind of work on? Like, what, what could you do? Can you even do anything in those moments? Like, uh, do you, you know, do you whip out the foam roller? Do you start foam rolling? Do you just kind of sit there and like kind of psych yourself up, um, mentally to like then perceive the pain? Like, get that perception different about the pain like what would be the best option there i think it's it's very it's very varied between every person because we all respond to different stimuli Mm -hmm. but in terms of when i need to perform if i'm thinking about my pain it's going to hinder my performance regardless of who i am right so say i have two runs three runs and i fall between run one Mm -hmm. and two insert those short-term things that we talked about before Maybe it's physically like Boom. just taking some tape and like putting it around your wrist. Right now, I just I feel it less, or it's like now I'm yep. less attention drawn to that, and I can go skate. Right? Like, am I going to okay. like? Am I thinking about like did I actually injure structure, or am I experiencing pain? Right? Probably mm-hmm. with skating, probably just... a bit of both. But yeah. when you need to get <laughs> the job done, like. You need that short-term fix to feel good to go back out, right? That could be like chugging an energy drink, right? That could be like yeah, see, slapping I think that's, your back a bunch of times. Yeah, like something to just get you going. And I think that's like, it's just like there's always like this these two sides of things, right? Like, no, it's good or it's bad or it's don't do it or do it. And I think it's like, we'll just know when to implement these things you know and like when does it matter to like use it the most and for in this instance like yeah just tape it up like do what you need to do like you know whatever get on the ground and scream it out if you have to if that's what's gonna happen like whatever but i think that's like a very important thing to note is like yeah if it's gonna get you through it then just do it um but then also being smart enough to then know hey i still gotta like implement some long-term stuff to make sure this isn't like happening consistently. Cause I think that's where a lot of people get burnt out in skating too, is like you get to this point. I only know like a handful of dudes who still can like skate consistently who are older. Like now skating older is like 35 plus to me. Like that's, there's like, that's kind of like the cutoff. And I've noticed the people who still are skating, like the owner at third there, you know, he, he does a lot of the things that I talk about and he's always like the one thing that helps and like Trog, he's the dude who builds all the ramps there. Shout out to him. He's, he's dope. I love that dude. But they just, they make sure they're at least like doing something. Like they do some type of stretching. They do something that's at least taking them off their board and like putting them in space in a different place and like focusing on their body and how they move. Um, and I think that's just an important thing to note is like, even if, you're not diving into it to like the extent that, you know, me and you do, um, because like, we're really after like performance and like all the stuff that we've talked about, like, but even just skating long-term and just enjoying it for like the rest of our lives, as long as we can. I just think it's interesting how the people who are still here skating and older are, you know, doing something at least like the people who aren't, it's like, Hey, you probably just didn't look at the long-term stuff and, couldn't really keep it up and then just kind of got burnt out. I, I just think it's a uh, good thing to be able to know like, Hey, like there's still is work to be done. Like the, the short term stuff's great. It works. Um, it definitely does. But I think it's just good to know well, long term that, and also with that too, like when it comes to long term, how, 
long are we talking? Like, cause a lot of, I think one of the things is like, how long do I do this for? Like how, you know, I think that's one of the questions that I get asked a lot is like, how long do I do this? Uh, what would you, what would you, uh, how would you answer that? Somebody comes to you asking like, well, how long do I have to do this? In terms of like a certain, like a certain position, it's, the body's very smart and it's very adaptable as, as you mm-hmm. know from our conversation earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like it's really like, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So mm-hmm. for a lot of aging skaters, it's probably not the actual skating that causes them dif- discomfort. It's the fact that all they do is skate and then sit or skate and then do their job that is requires sitting. So like, it's not the skating that's like, that kind of like causing them pain or discomfort. It's before that they're in discomfort and it makes them not want to go skate because they don't feel good. Right? Mm. Because skating skating is a part of the map they still kind of have because they did it for so long. Mm -hmm. Right? But they don't have the like walking around going up and down stairs. Like the simple things that we take for granted is the things that we lose when we just Mm -hmm. start sitting around. So okay. So it's more so it's more so not the skating. Um, like they're always it's always because I think that's like the thing that's blamed is like, oh, I just can't do this, like these falls, all this stuff is getting to me, but it's more so like, well, well, let's look at the stuff you might not be doing outside of skateboarding. Like what are you doing off the board actually to allow you to be able to have access to all this still without feeling those pains. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that's a great thing to point out. So oh go ahead. The part that's on the board is probably the good part, mm-hmm. right? But if you start your session yep. and you're thinking about your knee that's hurt that's hurt all day, now you're just going to continue to think about your knee because your body thinks it's important. Mm-hmm. And then you have knee pain as you skate, but then you correlate that knee pain with skating, which it might be mm-hmm. correlated, it might not be. But it probably mm-hmm. isn't the skating that's making your knee pain probably all the stuff you're not doing that your body doesn't understand that's a safe position yep so then it's like more so like hey when you are skating you're just getting the feedback there because like you you do have that map like you were saying in skating to kind of get there but it's not to say like hey your body's comfortable being there per se and that's because you don't do it elsewhere besides on the board Mm -hmm. right and then cool all right. Whatever that makes, we do that makes the, a lot of sense. Whatever positions we spend time in the most are what we're going to be biased to. Right? So if you think about how mm-hmm. much time you spend skating per week, I don't know, five, mm-hmm. six hours on a good week, maybe? Maybe less than that? Yeah. If you think about how much time maybe. you sit, it's probably upwards of, I don't know, five, eight, nine hours a day. Like the sitting part yeah. of the map, just so clear, right? Mm-hmm. The skating part of the map, it's not pretty clear, right? You've done it a long time, so it's clearer. And then like the rest of the mm-hmm. map, no idea what's going on, right? And then people start to yeah, get biased like towards, yeah. Yep. yeah, towards sitting. Feels good. I'm just gonna keep doing that. When it's like it's almost the opposite of like. You need to do something else to clear out parts of the map or else you're just going to have to sit your whole life. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. So it's really just looking at it as like, okay, I probably am getting this due to, you know, probably just not having that part of the map anymore or just like limiting that part of the map and not, not using it. Right. And it's like just knowing like you still can. That's the thing, like the injury or pain thing. I think that was I think that's also like a great point to bring it back to is like I think that helps a lot is realizing like, hey, is it just pain that I'm feeling or or like am I injured or is it just pain I'm experiencing? And then continuing that and going from there. So with with that, when it comes to pain and like perception and all that and athletes, do you see any benefit in like working through pains like if you have like like say my shoulder right like 
So for example, like yesterday, this was me. Um, this is just how I did yesterday, right? I went to train. I went to go do my rear lunges and stuff, right? Took those for a rip. It kind of hurt just grip wise, but I was fine, got through it. And then I had, you know, the uh, hook, the lying hook press. Pressing was just a whole nother story. Shoulder just flared up. I was like, okay, that hurt. And then I tried to do like a push up variation. That hurt. And I was like, okay, I'm calling it for the day. Uh, do you think there's value uh, anytime like working through that? Or do you think it's smarter to then stop, take a second, and look at like, okay, why would I be experiencing this? Um, and then kind of working through it from there. I think about when we we have the understanding that we do now, that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So we have pain is not damage. And do I have an injury or am I experiencing pain? Because my body thinks that a position is not safe. Yeah. Right? So say I go into my mm-hmm. workout and I do, I have a three out of 10 pain. And as I work mm-hmm. out, my pain is tolerable and it continues to be three out of 10. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Like I didn't make it worse, right? My body still thinks that my something's something's up. I should probably do some mm-hmm. something different to make my pain better. But if my pain is five to three at a time when I start, and it's slowly getting worse and worse and worse, now mm-hmm. that I would say we'll call it there because that's going to affect your performance, and you don't want to have a lot of bad reps. Right, but that also gives you insight on if I need to go into this position and that position causes me more pain, that might be a position that I don't mm-hmm. really have access to and my body thinks is unsafe. So we can look back at the exercises that you did yesterday. For example, felt okay, we started working out, we did chest press and it was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I don't it made it worse. Right? Yeah. So now we look back yep. at chest press in terms of okay, what positions are mm-hmm. we in? Do we have access to those positions? Right? Mm-hmm. Do then we use that to build a roadmap to making your pain less and hopefully making you pain free. If we aren't talking about structure, we're talking about your body just thinks these positions are unsafe. If something yep. doesn't increase your pain, it's probably not a position that your body thinks is unsafe. We just have some pain and then we're just going through different positions. But if it's like, oh, I'm making the pain worse, mm. now we've hit a position there where you, your body thinks it's unsafe. That means we need to okay. look at that position and spend time in a pain-free range to gain access to that position and spend time there. So that when we go back and do these things, our body thinks it's safe. Ah, okay, okay. So it's really just noticing it. And if you have the pain there, then kind of stepping back from that and then like you said getting into that position and then working in that position and like allowing your body to realize like hey it's okay to be here and then like strengthening upon that and I think that's like where like the strength and stability thing get like kind of like mixed up a little bit is like you have to like allow your body to be able to get there and like be comfortable there and I guess like you know, be able to like stabilize there as well, but then like getting strong in that position as well. Like I see there being so much value there. So I like that you said it that way. Uh, when it comes to strengthening, you know, anything per se, like for me, you know, we have this exercise that I now have, right. And I think this is like important too, is like we have the band pull apart with the breathing, right? Well, is the goal going to be, let's get up to the to the fifth band, the super thick band where I'm pulling super hard, or is it going to be more so like, let's do that movement and then get strong as hell with my pressing and feel better pressing. Like what's, what's more important. Right. So the exercise that we gave you to make the pain better is to get your body Mm -hmm. comfortable in that position. Mm -hmm. And then when we are comfortable in that position, we take the same position over to pressing right so it's kind of like imagine when you're in like a new place or like a sketchy neighborhood Mm -hmm. right you're not going to be yourself you're going to keep to yourself you're going to be quiet right you're not going to express yourself as much as you would until you get comfortable Mm -hmm. with that place now you're going to be yourself you're going to be loud it doesn't matter right so your body's not comfortable in that position it can't express force it can't produce strength 
right? As it should, or as mm-hmm. it could, because it feels unstable and unsafe, right? So you're never going to chest press as much okay. as you could because your body thinks those positions are unsafe. And we don't spend a lot of time. Okay. So spending time in those positions with our band drills, right, will give us, yes. tell our body that it's okay, right? Then we spend more time doing pressing. Maybe we slow down the tempo, right? Lighten the load, mm-hmm. do some more reps. Now we get a little bit more comfortable there. And then eventually our body comfortable in that position enough to be able to express anything we want in that position. That's when we push a lot of weight. That's when we okay. are, get better at skating. That's where we really push it. And I'm assuming just like anything, like I'm this this probably can change, right? Like how much you have to do these things compared to other times. I think it. I think that'd be a cool thing to talk about because I feel like sometimes. Some days you might have to do it, uh, and some days you might not have to. I think that's uh, something I kind of want to dive into. Like, does you do you ever see that happen? Like, where, you know, some days you might just be able to hop into it and be like, "Nope, I can, I can press. Like, I can press good right now." Uh, and then other days being like, "Oh, nope, uh, maybe I fell skating the day before, and now I have pressing." And I'm like, "Okay, well, nope, feels a little off. Like, maybe I need to do this for a little bit." Uh, where do you like? How do you how do you see that being implemented into? Uh, people's training and recovery processes. Mm-hmm. So we still need to understand that you were a byproduct of every second of every day you spend on the earth, right? So say mm-hmm. you had a bad week, your body might be a little bit more upregulated in terms of your nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. To shut out everything and just get through it. Okay. Right? Or if you're the type of person, maybe you have a bad week, your body's down-regulated in terms of every single stimuli is going to feel a thousand times more heightened because you're in that state. So in terms of the nervous system, like a kind of a, a big dimmer switch, if you will, right? Every process kind of goes up or down, right? You think about like heart rate, breathing rate, sensitivity mm-hmm. to things. Mm-hmm. Right, the nervous system regulates what is more important or less important, and then some days yes. okay. we're going to have more sensitivity to things. Some days we're going to have lower sensitivities. Right, so say I have high sensitivity someday, I feel a little bit of stiffness coming into my work, coming into my skates. Right, maybe I want to downregulate my nervous system a little bit. That's why these breathing drills, etc., all these things that downregulate the nervous system are so popular because now everything feels better and then now i can ramp it back up in the way that i want right so it's really just mm-hmm. a you are a byproduct of the experiences that you've had and what stimuli that you're getting so that sensitivity of your nervous system is going to be different on every single day that you've gone to the gym and you've done your work. Mm. okay all right now when we're talking about you know, daily things then and like how we, you know, move and all that stuff when it comes to pain. I think another thing I want to ask you is, uh, you know, how, how does our perception of just like the things going on around us play into that? You know, like, I mean, I'm father too, you know, I got the wife, like what if, uh, come home from work and the kids have been hassling, hassling the wife all day. And now, you know, they're, they're on me about it and maybe I'm kind of already sore going into it and now it's like my pain kicks up. Like how does does that play a role into it? Like does the things around us and like our emotions kind of like help us dictate, like or does it dictate our pain to some degree? Mm-hmm. Right, so we talked about pain mm-hmm. being the perception of all the stimuli, right? Like your emotions yes. play into how we interpret all of that and how we experience the pain. Right. And if we understand that, sometimes mm-hmm. we can kind of like kind of like override that to an extent. So say mm-hmm. that you're having like you're having a bad day and your shoulder's feeling bad. And mm-hmm. we start to work we start to work out and it's like it's not going the best. We can either like mm-hmm. A do something to try to make it better. Or if we kind of just talk ourselves through like what is really happening? Why am I feeling pain? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, probably hurts because I'm having a bad day. You can almost like trick yourself into realizing that like you're not really having 
the symptoms that you think you're having or that you're experiencing. It's like, why? Why does this hurt? Okay. Like, probably hurts because I had a bad day. Like, is something really wrong? Probably mm-hmm. not. Right? It's like when you go to the doctor, you think something's wrong. They're like, no, mm-hmm. everything's fine. As soon as he tells you everything's fine, you're yeah. like, oh, feels feels great now. I'm good. Yeah. Right? Okay. So okay. You so you can like kind of also almost use that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's. I think that's a huge tip because I. I catch myself getting there quite a bit, so I can. It has to happen to everybody. Like I'm, I'm only assuming because like I know I'll be having a day at work where it's just like I'm doing because like me being the delivery person for furniture, I'm the last person to deal with the customer, and we have to deal with like the butt end of all that, right? So it's like there'll be days where like every customer has just something to say that has nothing to really do with me. Like I'm just like, all right, well. I'm sorry. It's the wrong color. I'm not your salesperson. Like I brought you the wrong piece of furniture. I guess I apologize. And this is like one of those days, right? Where it builds up, builds up, builds up. And I'll notice like if I let myself like sit in that and then just like the pain just kicks up, like you're saying. So it's good to like be able to use that as a trick of being like, Hey, wait, did I get home, get home for a second? Be like, no, it's just a long day. And just like accepting it was a long day and just being like, Oh, cool. Now I probably will feel better and can have more fun with my kids and so on and so forth. So I I like that tip. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think even coming back to that, understanding that the person that you're dealing with, it's also a byproduct of their mm-hmm. right? So them saying words to you has nothing to do with you at all. You you are literally irrelevant. Yes. You can be no. Yep. You're just a human that now you get the butt end of their bad yep. day, right? And if you if you recognize that right away and you go back to your truck, you're like, oh wow, like that person must have been having a bad day. Oh, yeah, yep. Their day gets better. Okay. Well, like it well. has nothing to do with me. Yep. Now that doesn't make your day. Right, we kind of catch ourselves before that mm. snowball of like I'm having a day happens, and then when we get home and we train, we don't have pain. And we feel good. Wow, look at that! It's a full circle. It's like the circle of life almost. I like how you did that there. Brought it right back around, huh? That was a good way to look. And that's the thing too is like. Just being aware, I think, and this is like, that's the thing is like all, I think all this stuff we're talking about, like the training for skating, you know, all, all this pain stuff, like it's just ways for us to just take a second and be aware of ourselves. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is like, once you can do that and then you just allow yourself to continue doing that, you can really go quite far, I think, um, no, so that was that was great. And I, for okay, one more thing I want to ask about pain because I know we don't got too much time left. When, let's say you do, you know, you do have this injury. You've been you've been checked out, right? And the doctor's like, hey, uh, you you broke you broke broke your ankle, right? Like nothing too crazy, no no compound fracture, just like a hairline fracture. Put you in a cast or boot or whatever. You come out of it. You do your PT, and now you like get back to skating. Um, when and I've done I'm I've done this from experience before. Like you go through PT and like you just do your PT, uh, and especially when you're just working with like a general physical therapist, like they might not understand skating completely. Um, so they, you just kind of do your stuff and then you hop back into it. Now, when you're feeling like a pain from something like that, right? When you had like a a past injury you work through your physical therapy and then you hop back into skating and you're trying to like really just kind of work through it. Is there, is that like a time you kind of have to like work through the pain or do you need to also like figure out like what else can I be doing uh, to help maybe strengthen certain things or give me access to a different range of motion? So like what, what do we do there in that case? I think that is the onus is on you, but it's also on the practitioner to, Okay. When we talk about like we're actually talking about structure, now we're talking about like healing times mm-hmm. of bones, healing times of tissue, right? Like understanding mm-hmm. a bone needs stress to remodel, but if it has too much stress, then it breaks down faster than it remodels, and then we have like a break, an actual break, right? So it's on yes. it's on the practitioner kind of, but it's also on you to ask those questions. Right, like, oh, mm. uh, when I, if 
I get pain, does that mean something's wrong? Or like, how long does yeah. this take to heal? Or like, hey, I'm a skateboarder. I'm going to go back to doing this. And then if they mm-hmm. don't know what's about skating, they're, they'll either A, look it up, or B, you'll just explain it to them. They might understand, they might not. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're going to tell you like, oh, okay, like, they know what impact is. Right? It's like, hey, like maybe mm-hmm. no, no big drops for seven weeks after you get your cast on. Yeah. Right, they keep mm-hmm. it to this. Right, so I think mm-hmm. it's on you to ask those questions in terms of like you know your life better than anyone. Right, so you're you're ready when those kind of niggles come up. Right, like if I'm telling you after you get out of your cast, okay, like your bone, your bone is healed completely. Right, it's gonna remodel. Mm-hmm. So you need to put load through it. You're gonna feel some stiffness. You're gonna feel some pain, maybe because we had a cast on for so long going to get mm-hmm. into certain positions that are going to feel weird, right? But mm-hmm. in terms of skating, take it easy for the first couple of weeks, slowly go back mm-hmm. into it, and you'll be fine. And then, like, now you know when something happens that you might freak out and be like, my bone is broken again. Be like, oh, don't worry. Kyle, Kyle told me, like, yeah. my bone is completely healed. I need to put forces through it. This is normal because I had a cast on yeah. and all stiff, right? So it's on you to ask. But it's mostly on the practitioner, but it's also no one's perfect. You need to ask these questions yeah. in terms of like telling them what Whoa. things you need to do after you've gotten this in. Boom. And that's that, that's why I asked you because it was like, I think that's important because it's like, yeah, like the practitioner, yeah, like they should know whatever, but I think it's just, you know, take responsibility for like yourself as a skater and like just because i think like if i would have known this like when i was younger and i would have known like the questions to ask or like the things to say just a little bit more it would have been huge because i probably would have been able to get like a little bit more help after the fact of then just being like oh got my cast off all right cool i'm going back to jump down a 12 stair like that was just my mentality back in the day and then i'd be back in there three weeks later with another break at the same angle it's like all right well probably should have been asking better questions so i think that's just an important thing to note is just like hey like take accountability for it like and know that you are the skater and like you have the right to ask and tell and all these things so they can completely understand like how you skate and how you operate because the more they know um they should be able to then give you better answers and more clear uh definitive time frames and things too because i think that's important is like understanding like hey if you're told don't jump down something for seven weeks. Just don't go jump down something. Like there is other ways to skate. I know it's hard, but just realize like there's a lifetime of this. If you just don't go jump down something for seven more weeks, like, or whatever the case may be. Uh, And just like shifting focus, I think is like a big thing to be able to do is just being able to be like, Hey, I can't do that right now. So why don't I just do this for the interim? And then knowing like it will come back. Being able to shift focus, I think, is a huge thing when it comes to skating and like injuries and stuff. Like knowing, like, hey, I just not able to do that at the moment. Still can skate. At least I still can skate. But let's not do that. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of it as well to add on to that is not just knowing but understanding. So when they when yeah. I say, hey, you can't do this for seven weeks, you're immediately going to want to do it because I told you not to, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm like, hey your bone is still not 100%, it's like 95%. I don't want to push it. We might have another break if you jump down 12 set. Right? Now we now you understand. Mm-hmm. And when you're about to jump down those stairs, you hear my voice in your head being like you might have another break and you might think twice about doing it. Yeah. And then when you're with like-minded people, other people who skate, now you can understand mm-hmm. your own experience to share your experience with them. Right, and you're more likely to do things that you understand rather than just things that you're told. Uh, so, asking questions of like the of key. the practitioner, of like why why do I do these things? Right, why why am I doing this exercise? Mm-hmm. Why does it work? Right, just be be curious all the time. I think that's a it's a good take home message for anyone. Boom! I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it right there. That's a, that's a great way to end it right there. So. Uh, yeah, you know, real quick before I end it, let people know where they can find you. So if they want to ask you more about this, they can they can definitely do so. Uh, yeah, you can 
hit me up on Instagram at Coach Baxter, B-A-X-T-E-R. Um, all my info is in my link tree through there, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, feel free to DM me if you have any questions or uh, need anything from me um, on the services I offer, etc. So that's Coach Baxter on Instagram, B-A-X-T-E-R. Boom. If you're on YouTube, I'll have it up on the screen, and if you're not, everything will be down in the show notes. But uh, hey, we're going to leave it at that for today. So just know that everybody is capable of being extreme.